I'm looking for someone special. Someone in that SmackDown locker room who has what it takes to win this. The Kurt Angle Great American Award. I put together a series of matches, and the winners of these matches will become the official nominees of this prestigious award. But the winner receives something much, much more. The opportunity to be the number one contender to face Eddie Guerrero for the WWE Championship. The more Eddie Guerrero lies, cheats, and steals, the more he desecrates the very fabric that this country was built on. Uh-oh, here comes the champion! And I am such a threat. Why don't you just do something about it? Right here, right now! Hold on a second there, Holmes. I want to introduce you to someone that all these fans can be proud of. I'm going to make him the fifth and final nominee for the Kurt Angle Great American Award. He's a man that is long slide through the hell last week on SmackDown. Bradshaw Layfield. Eddie, listen to me. That was nothing personal last week, all right? Amigo, it's just business. It's just business, Holmes. Welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is a Retro Wrestling Podcast Extra, so it's just going to be me this week, Intern Alex. Hope you're having a good one. And, as always, joined by nobody, because Patrick's not here to help me out this week. But that's fine, he'll return next week, and we'll finally get to that MSG house show that we were supposed to review back in February, before 2020 happened. And this is also... A bit of a delayed released episode because I wanted to release this on Cinco de Mayo because it really highlights the WWE's extreme effort and outreach to the Hispanic community of which they care about so, so very much. Of course, I'm kidding. It's one of the worst things they've done. And that says a lot. They've done terrible things. So really, in the top 100 terrible things the WWE has done, this probably wouldn't make the list, but I thought it was still really awful and i just happened to think about it during cinco de mayo because in america that's the only time of the year that's the only mexican holiday that we seem to celebrate uh in bulk because it means you get a margarita you get to go hear a mariachi band except this year we couldn't you had to uh, basically just drink at home which you've probably been doing every single day since all this started 
So as I mentioned, the review this week is the April 8th, 2004 edition of SmackDown. Let's go back to 2004 for just a moment and recap what was going on around April 2004. This is off the heels of WrestleMania 20, where you saw Eddie Guerrero and name redacted Chris Benoit both leave with the title belt. So you have two face champions, one on each brand. And on Raw, they went down one avenue, which was, let's just do the same match over again at their first pay-per-view. So they did another three-way between Triple H, Chris Benoit, and Shawn Michaels. So that was their plan. And they had other heels on Raw to mainly Triple H. Triple H was going to be back for that title very, very soon. They also had Randy Orton in the works. They had some different avenues to go as far as heels to challenge Benoit for the belt. Kane. Kane was probably the first one. He's the sacrificial heel, no matter what. So over on the SmackDown side, where Eddie Guerrero is your champion, now you need a heel contender. But the bad thing is, Kurt Angle's now the general manager, and he's already lost to Eddie Guerrero, so you need a new challenger. Where do you go? Now, you can't go to Big Show because he just lost to John Cena at WrestleMania, and he's the Big Show and probably the one person you do not want to put in a title program. He is the Kane of SmackDown in 2004. So they decided to make a new, a new heel, and they brought in John Bradshaw Layfield. Yes, that's right. Bradshaw, one half of the Acolyte Protection Agency, was now going to be their top heel because they had no real other good solution. Even though John Cena was technically a heel, he was getting cheered. Just like Eddie Guerrero, technically a heel. He lies, he cheats, he steals, but he still gets cheered. So you can't put those two together because they just avoid doing face-face matchups. Even though WrestleMania Six will prove to you that it can be done and done very well. But whatever, they don't do it. They gotta make a bad guy. And they decided, you know what? Bradshaw's been going on Fox News. Let's turn him into a rich New York um, xenophobist, apparently. And uh, he deals stocks. He's uh, the million dollar man. He's also IRS. He's everything rolled into one. He is the gray-haired, silver-haired white man. He is going to be our enemy against Eddie Guerrero, the champion, the people's champ at this point, Eddie Guerrero. The xenophobia thing about JBL kind of doesn't make sense to me as far as his character goes because he can already be an effective heel without bringing up immigration and stuff like that. Because also, this also is strange because Eddie Guerrero is an American. He was born in El Paso, which is part of America. Yes, even though he looks Latino and he is Latino, he is still an American. So JBL's anti-immigrant stance, which is something they would repeat down the line. It's not like it stopped with JBL. Is This wouldn't be the last time they went to the xenophobia well because Jack Swagger and Zeb Coulter, the real Americans and their we the people chant and all that was very much very very similar to this and that's years later which also tells me that we as a society this is all an ongoing problem this is never going to stop because there's always people and i'm not taking a side on this i'm just telling you the facts the jack facts as they are laid out before me i have never personally been affected by illegal immigration 
I'm sure there are people that have been that have lost their jobs, but this is a real issue to them or people that live on border towns. This is an issue about safety and, and things of that nature. I'm not taking a stance on this. I'm just saying wrestling is built upon stereotypes, but it's always not a good thing to promote certain stereotypes to where you're generating heel heat for your heel, which is good. You need to get people to not like JBL, but it turns out JBL has a million other things you can dislike him about. It's you're generating heel heat using a real issue that affects real people. And I don't know if that's the best way to generate heat. It's just like when they did the Muhammad Hassan stuff and the terrorism stuff and, and bringing that in. That's a, and, a, and that definitely creates anti-Muslim sentiment. And that even though that was it was part of what was going on in society at the time, just like immigration is. But at the same time, do you really need to tap into that? Do you need to go to Colonel Mustafa? and Hulk Hogan and in the, the real war where there are real lives lost to, 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 to generate heat. There's other ways of building hatred on a character. And so that's why I think this is one of the more tasteless angles in order to build JBL, because as time went on, as we know with John Bradshaw Layfield, who most recently called WrestleMania 36, still involved in the business, still friends with Vince McMahon, still in the company, We've seen other things that he has done where turns out he's pretty much an asshole. You don't need to give him, you don't need any more ammunition to convince me that John Bradshaw Layfield is a jerk. I can pretty much sense that from the second that he walks out. But for whatever reason, in 2004, they decided to also incorporate this immigration thing into it, which, as I mentioned before, doesn't make a lot of sense with Eddie Guerrero because he's from El Paso. So, okay. But whatever. I, I get it. This episode of SmackDown is from April 8th, 2004. We get a recap of the SmackDown the week prior where Kurt Angle unveils the Kurt Angle American Award. Not a tournament. We are just going to name the number one contender. And by proxy, that also makes him the real American, the Kurt Angle American. The greatest American will get the next title shot. A very odd selection of choosing your number one contender, but okay, that's what we're going to do. Angle puts JBL as the final contestant in this five contestant pool of who is the greatest American. Well, Eddie Guerrero did not like JBL getting added and chased him into his own limo. Yes, JBL would come out in his white limo with the horns and the 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 usually the guy to wax his hood. You know JBL's entrance. It's very elaborate. I wonder when he was commentating, did he still get the limo entrance? I don't think so. Well, Eddie chased him into the limo, stole his hat off his head, then the fans poured their $17 beers into it, which I hope those were planted fans, because I'm not pouring anything from the concession stand that I spent my bank account on uh, into your fake hat. Then a fan spit in it. Eddie then did the ultimate act of disrespect and stomped a man's cowboy hat, which is just the worst thing you can do to somebody. Stomp their hat. The 2004 SmackDown intro plays, Yo, this is my life, my rhymes, I want it all, which is a theme that I don't remember. 
I don't remember if SmackDown was on in my area at this time. I do remember it from the video games, though. I, that's the only time that I heard this played. And I always thought that's a really weird song, especially because it starts with those weird deep breath things that they do in there. I just, I'm not a big fan of this theme song. I liked Beautiful People. I liked some of the other SmackDown theme songs, but this one, uh, not doing it for me. Michael Cole and Taz are on the call. The classic commentary on SmackDown team that I think everybody thinks was probably the best SmackDown team. After Cole and Taz welcome us to SmackDown, time for JBL. He's out first and the audio sweetening here. Back when SmackDown was taped, and you can still hear it today when you watch Main Event, if you ever watch Main Event, they... Audio, well, I guess not recently because there's no crowd. I'm surprised they haven't done this with the no crowd shows. They pipe in booze and cheers, and it's so, so annoying. For years, I couldn't watch SmackDown, even when I did have a chance to watch it if it was recorded, because it annoyed me so much how you can see what the crowd is doing. You know, they're they're not booing, they're not cheering, they're just sitting on their hands, and yet... It comes through the screen. This is something WWE, WWF has been doing for years, but really drove me crazy during the SmackDown era of pre-recorded SmackDowns. Tony Chimmel announces that JBL's from New York City, even though they're in Texas, so I guess they didn't want to run the risk of him getting cheered for being from Texas, as there's a ton of wrestlers from Texas, so it's and Eddie's from Texas also, so you don't want them both getting cheered, I guess. And this would continue. JBL would be billed from New York City pretty much the rest of his career after this. JBL gets out of his limo and makes his driver wax the hood of his limo while he goes to the ring, which a sign of things to come here. I also noted that I wish Bart Gunn was here to knock him the fuck out. As this was recently on Dark Side of the Ring, this was Vince Russo's explanation of the entire Brawl for All tournament back in... 1998, I believe it was, where JBL claimed to be the toughest guy in the locker room and Vince Russo just wanted to see someone knock him out and someone did knock him the fuck out. And his name was Bart Gunn, but yet Bart Gunn would go on to get knocked out by Butterbean at WrestleMania 15 and then knocked out of the company while JBL would eventually achieve world champion status in this company despite looking like a total idiot in the brawl for all. So it worked out good for JBL, despite looking like an idiot in the brawl for all tournament. JBL gets on the mic. He says he's a great representative of America and he's pissed at Eddie for messing up his hat. He tells the crowd, there's nothing wrong with being poor, which there isn't. So he's correct about that. He says he loves living in New York and overlooking central park. He brings out a thousand dollars, which I doubt was a thousand dollars, but it's a money clip with some money in it. And he also admits to buying an escort service when he's in New York because he can, which is a really lame thing to admit that you have to hire prostitutes. Even Ric Flair, in all of his Ric Flair promos, never once said, I have to go pay for sex. So JBL, very weird here. And uh, a couple of years ago, there was that tweet that he sent out where he it was a screenshot of his desktop, and you could see that he was Googling naked pictures of some muscle builder lady or something, so that's all it made me think of. Then he goes back to the 
late 80s, early 90s million dollar man gimmick here where he offers the crowd $1,000 to finish waxing his limo's hood if they can do it in 60 seconds. Now, of course, the logic in this already messed up because anybody who's ever waxed a car, you know why my car's not waxed? Because it takes forever because you have to have the wax settle and then you have to buff it all out. And if you miss a spot, then you've got wax on dried wax on your car for the rest of your life. Basically, it's it's terrible. So the idea that you could wax your car in a minute is already a flawed kind of challenge because it's impossible. Now, the crowd, of course, this is a face move when you ask the crowd for a contestant to win money. And when he turns into a game show host here, the crowd gets into him. So, but he quickly shoots it down and he insults them for cheering because, well, that just proves that they're poor and that they'll do anything. Uh, he can turn them just like that. They're just, they're stupid and they're poor. Out of all the fans in the crowd, he picks the one fan. It's amazing the kind of uh, luck he had here. He picked a very muscular looking Short guy with a Eddie Guerrero t-shirt on who just happened to be right there out in the open in like the third row uh, over near where the announcers, the commentators and everybody sits. It's amazing. I I dare say I think he might may have been a plant because also what are the odds that when the young man gets into the ring, JBL says, hey, what's your name? And his name is, of course... Enrique. And JBL says, go by Ricky, this is America. All right. So now it's time for the challenge. They take ages getting up the ramp. JBL sets the clock to a minute on the small SmackDown Titan Tron, and Enrique scrubs the hood with turtle wax, and JBL makes fun of how he could make more doing this than he could farming or various other things. Here, you can listen to the entire promo here. What's your name? Enrique. Piece of advice, go by the name Ricky, all right? You're in the United States. You want to earn $1,000? All right. Take over for Paco. I'll put a stopwatch on you. Let's see what happens. But you know what? Some of these problems. But you know what? These people. But you know what? These people may not believe me. So how about this? Can we get a clock put up right here? Perfect. We had technology like that on the border. We wouldn't have some of these problems. I tell you what. When I say go, you clean this within 60 seconds. You get $1,000. All right? Wow. One, two, three, go. Come on, Ricky, this is more money you can make in a whole summer of hauling hay. <laughs> Come on, it's more than you can make in three months of pouring concrete. Ricky's working hard, look at him go! Come on, Ricky, Mama Cena's gonna be happy with you. Come home with a thousand dollars. Forty seconds, Ricky. I want it spick and span. Don't get on the horns, watch the horns. 30 seconds, Ricky, you're gonna get there. You got half a minute and you make $1,000. You're almost there. Don't miss the spot now. Ricky, I think you're gonna do it. I think you're gonna make $1,000 to take home. Hey, you're missing a little spot right here, okay? Well, oh. Ricky, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. Wait, uh, wait. You still got nine seconds. Hurry, Ricky. You can do it. You can. I'm sorry, Ricky. Oh, yeah. Careful, don't get in my custom suit. You can do it. You can do three. Come on, Ricky. Two seconds. Came close. Came close. Pat I'm sorry, on. Ricky. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here, Rick. Watch the horns. Now, be, be careful. Don't touch me with that. This $3,000 suit. Careful. Careful. I thought you had it. You just had a little mishap. But you know, sometimes mishaps in life define you. Let me give you an example. Ninth game of my college football career, I broke my ankle. I played on that the ninth and tenth game. I made consensus All-American. Sometimes you just work harder and you work smarter. Now, I probably should give you this money. I really should. But, Ricky, that was really a happy job. Now, I know you're poor and you're probably uneducated, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's what's wrong with society. You can't look to people like me for a handout just because you don't do a job very well. I'm sorry. Run along. Enjoy the show. It's a nice T-shirt. Go on. This proves my point, folks. You work harder and you work smarter like I have. Then you get what I have. People like you should strive to be people like me. John Bradshaw Layfield, a great, great American. But JBL fucks him over when he dumps the bottle of turtle wax on his hood, even though there's like nine seconds left, but Enrique or Ricky or whatever you want to call him can't get it done. He tells Ricky, Enrique, he did a half-assed job. He says, you should strive to be a great American like me. Now, the other candidates for this great American award, this nominee, which is not a tournament, by the way, which is very strange to me because they have a few weeks to get to their pay-per-view because this is when they were doing split brand shows. So they've got a few weeks. So I thought, okay, this is a tournament, but they've only got five people. So I guess someone's getting a buy. No, it's not a tournament. These are just people that'll come out at the end of the night and one of them will get a trophy and the number one contendership. JBL, Booker T, Charlie Haas, Big Show, and the Doctor of Thugonomics, John Cena, are all the nominees for this award. But up next, boys, stick around here, folks, because we've got the Dudleys taking on the legit tag team champions, Scotty Tuhati and Rikishi. No Brian Christopher, as he had... uh, flunked his way out of the company by this point but oh boy stick around what a tease for the next match this already thrilling tag match not even for the smackdown tag team belts nope just a non-title tag team match this episode of smackdown brought to you by hitman contracts which i think i played is a pretty good game reebok and footlocker which i'm not sure are they open can i get can i go to footlocker now do the referees have on protective gear, and by The Rock's Walking Tall, which, as I mentioned in the last episode, I've never seen, so I don't know if it's any good. Maybe I'll check that out after this episode. Scotty hits an insiguri to Bubba that gets both their partners, the hot tag Rikishi, runs wild, but Devon saves Bubba from running into Rikishi's ass. Scotty makes a blind tag, hits a super kick, which gets a near fall on Bubba's Scotty also rocking some tights that Shawn Michaels would be proud of. Scotty does the worm to Bubba, but Devon stops him. They hit the 3D and beat the tag team champions clean for 
no reason other than to just say they beat them. Charlie Haas comes and annoys Kurt Angle because he wants the award. He's one of the five guys up for the award. Why is he up for the award? We're not sure. Why does Charlie Haas think he's up for the award? We're not sure. Big Show comes in and gets way too close to Charlie Haas. Like, looked like these guys were going to make out and tells him he deserves the award. Then we get a promo. You look so good to me. Rico and Miss Jackie coming soon to SmackDown. Chavo Guerrero out next with Chavo Classic. He's defending the cruiserweight belt, so there is a belt on the line in this match against Jamie Noble in his non-trailer park gimmick since Nydia went to Raw. That's right, they split up. The only thing he really had going for him on SmackDown was Nydia, and they sent her to Raw. Noble hits a very slow planche out to Guerrero on the outside and tussles with Chavo Classic, which allows Chavo Jr. to get the upper hand. He tries a vertebraker. Uh, from his friend, the Hurricane, Shane Helms. But Noble hits a neckbreaker after escaping. Noble tries a Tiger Driver, but Chavo escapes. Chavo gets a victory roll with the help of the ropes. He lies, he cheats, he steals, but he's not Eddie. Chavo retains his title with the help of the ropes. Teddy Long finds some jobbers in the back. Orlando Jordan, Spike Dudley, and of course... I believe the third wrestler was Jesse of Jesse and Festus fame. I'm not sure, though. Uh, of course, Ray Gordy. I'm, I'm not sure if it was him or not, though. It was just some dude with long hair. Spike challenges Teddy to a match, and Teddy t- says to Spike Dudley, hey, I can beat your cracker ass. Okay. I don't know what this is all about. I really I don't know or care the storyline between Teddy, Long, and Spike Dudley, but that's what's going on. Booker T is in the back with RVD. Booker T is different now because he's on SmackDown as he got shuffled around in the draft and the trades after the draft. So now he's on SmackDown. Booker T complains about his treatment and RVD's treatment. Yeah, both of you guys lose to Triple H all the time. RVD says, Whatever, man. SmackDown presents Judgment Day this Saturday in Hollywood. Tickets go on sale for Judgment Day, so get your tickets now in 2004. Danny Basham is here to take on John Cena. No special Cena U.S. title belt yet, as he had just won it at WrestleMania, so they haven't gotten him his spinner belt yet. Generic, throw your hands up and make some noise promo from Cena. Cena then gives his slow rap for why he's going to win the Kurt Angle Award tonight. He says last week he hit Rene Dupree's bitch with his nuts. That's what he said. Yes, Fifi was Rene Dupree's dog, his giant poodle that he used to come out with. And then he tells everyone to get choked up on D's nuts. So typical John Cena promo here. This great American award, I'm going to win it tonight. It's a no-brainer. Even Kurt Angle can get it right. I'm the United States champ. I put on a demonstration. I beat two Italians last week to get this nomination. Rene Dupree was ringside with one of his poodle mutts. 
So I punked out a French dude and hit his with my nuts. Well, that's Renee Dupree's dog, Fifi, Cena's talking about. Right, right. So whoever I'm fighting tonight, I got a word of advice, man. I be slamming cats with style just like I was the ice man. I got a little something to say to the rest of the nominees. Don't get choked up when you lose. Get choked up on D's. Well, there's only one John Cena. Twin magic from the Bashams as Doug gets rolled in, kind of uh, foreshadowing John's future with the Bella Twins here. Twin magic uh, as Doug gets rolled in for Danny. But Cena doesn't fall for it. He's too smart for those stupid twin magic tricks. Five-knuckle shuffle, F.U., and Danny goes down to the Doctor of Thugonomics. RVD and Booker T come out to a horrible mix of their theme songs. Booker T's not even using his Harlem Heat theme song. I don't know what this song was, but they mix them up. They they bring RVDs up, then they fade it down and bring Booker T's up. A practice they still do today when they newly formed tag teams come together. They just decide, hey, we can just blend your songs this way. They're taking on Haas and Big Show. Booker T and RVD have some dissension early as Booker T gets knocked to the apron, misses a tag from RVD. RVD just gets annoyed and gets knocked around by Big Show and Haas. RVD hits Haas with a second rope kick, looks for a tag, but Booker is jawing with Big Show. Then, of course, Booker T does the tag team breakup angle here, the most cliche breakup angle here as... They had just gotten back together, so it was pretty quick to break up as he just walks away from RVD's tag attempt and goes to the locker room. He's going to go home tonight, so RVD is now fucked. He hits a rolling thunder to Haas, leg drop followed by a frog splash, but of course, in RVD's five-star frog splash, he hurts himself so much he can't take advantage. So then, by the time he covers, uh, of course, it's only a two-count. Big Show comes in, hits a choke slam. And Haas rolls him over and pins RVD. Charlie Haas beats probably future Hall of Famer Rob Van Dam to win this match. As he is a contender for greatest American tonight. So I understand putting him over here. RVD goes and breathes in Kurt Angle's face. And then demands a match between Booker T and himself. And Kurt Angle grants it for next week. Sorry, San Antonio or wherever in Texas they're at tonight. Renee Dupree and Fifi are out next. Highlights of them getting their ass kicked by John Cena last week. Always good going into a squash match. Orlando Jordan comes out to take him on. Renee does the French tickler, hits the Dupree driver, a scoop slam pile driver, and gets the win over Orlando Jordan. So why would you be a joke last week and then be a killer this week? I don't know. But that's what they were doing here. Teddy Long is shadow boxing in the back. And dude, Teddy Long was fucking jacked here. Especially when you go back to early 90s WCW Teddy Long. Where he was heavy Teddy. And uh, of course later on when he was just old Teddy. This was somewhere in the middle. And this dude had abs. This dude was not 
fucking around. He might have been in better shape than Spike Dudley. There was a poll on WWE.com for the Great American Award. Who do you want to win? And to no surprise, John Cena wins the poll. Guess what? They never listen to the fans. They're not going to tonight. He will not be the pick. Time for the Raw Rebound, which is, hey, you guys on SmackDown, do you not watch Raw? Well, here's Raw. what happened on Raw. Here's what we want you to see, where Mick Foley and Randy Orton's feud was starting up with, of course, Orton spitting in his eye and all that shit. Shelton Benjamin also beat Triple H before Evolution beat the shit out of him. And Bischoff says that Sean and Shelton will have to team up next week to take on all the members of Evolution. I think all three as Batista was out at this time with an injury. So Eddie Guerrero, he's in the house tonight, even though he's not working. He goes to look at Kurt Angle's trophy in the back. He likes the Eagle and he makes fun of Kurt for being bald, which he'd been bald for a couple of years at this point. Kurt shits on the idea of Eddie having a title match tonight and tells him he has the night off. Eddie is upset by this for some reason, even though I would be okay, fine, I'll I'll go home. Spike versus Teddy Long is next. Spike Dudley versus Teddy Long. Did you want more Spike Dudley? You're going to get it. I know you didn't. I know that promo wasn't good enough for you in the back. Time for some Teddy Long Spike Dudley magic. Teddy has boxing headgear on and elbow pads to take on Spike. Teddy passes his match to Johnny the Bull. That's right. Johnny the Bull is really Teddy Long is just the heater for Johnny the Bull. Johnny the Bull just destroys Spike, but Spike hits the acid drop and wins. This was a warm-up match, so now he gets Teddy all to himself, but Mark Jindrak then runs in who could have been an evolution but wasn't. Punches Spike in the head, helps Teddy, puts the boot to him, and there you go. It ends in a no contest as uh, they just beat the shit out of Spike Dudley. And up next is the main event. Not a match, but a trophy presentation. This is what the whole night was built around, was someone being handed a trophy and being told that, hey, you're the number one contender now. Okay, good. So Angle comes out and introduces all the contenders who all get their entrances. Cena, Haas, Booker T, Big Show, and finally JBL. The fans chant for Cena. They want the Doctor of Thugonomics to be the number one contender. Angle brings up that Cena won the fan vote in a landslide. He's about to name him as the number one contender, but then JBL interrupts him. JBL then tells the producer, Kevin Dunn, I guess, to roll the footage as JBL is out in a field. It turns out he's on the Texas-Mexico border. He's upset that illegal immigrants don't pay any taxes. And he goes on a xenophobic rant, which you'll hear right now. I know that everyone is filled with anticipation on who will win the Kurt Angle Great American Award and thus become the number one contender for the WWE title. In fact, I asked you, the fans, to participate in the selection process by voting at WWE.com all week long. And I have to say, you people wanted to be heard. There were a massive amount of votes. And I have to say that the audience vote was a landslide for one man. 
John Cena. And therefore, the winner of the Kurt Angle Great American Award goes to Kurt, 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 listen, wait, wait, I, I promise these people, I guarantee them that I would prove that I deserve this award. I was a busy man last night, and I promise if you'll just give me a second, you too will see that I deserve this award more than anyone else that is up here. If the producer can please roll the footage up there that we filmed last night. Please. I'm here in the United States side of the Texas-Mexico border. I'm here to prove a point. You see, this is our most porous part of our entire border. It's basically uninhabited and unpatrolled. This is where hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants cross this border each and every year. Mexicans who come to our country and pay no taxes. I'm an American. I grew up in the state of Texas. I've made a fortune in this country that we call America. So I know what these type of people do to our economy. They take advantage of our health care system, our welfare system, and they send all their money back to Mexico and look to people like me to have to support people like them. It's like half of America. It's like half of the state of Texas. I know I grew up here. They're lazy. They look to government like it's big brother and say, please give me a handout. That's why people like me who made my own money have such outrageous taxes to pay for people. I told you, I told you it wouldn't be long. Now I'm gonna prove my point. I'm gonna prove my point. Right there, it's a whole herd of Mexicans. The government won't do anything about it. The INS won't either. Texas is too scared. Texas is a bunch of cowards. But John Brescia. Stop right there! Stop right there, you hear me? Okay. Stop right there. Okay, okay, okay. okay. You hear me? No, 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 because this side of the border, John Bradshaw Layfield will be waiting. <laughs> well then, the winner of the Kurt Angle Great American Award and thus the number one contender goes to John Bradshaw Layfield! Wow! Oh, come on! Wow! He did it! The great thing about JBL and all this is it doesn't sound like he's acting, which probably tells you that he actually believes some of what he's saying. That is one good thing, I guess you could say, about JBL and his character, if you want to call it that. He believes in the character. Believes in it a little too much to where... I'm not sure this is much of a character for him. He's just being himself. So then JBL says, Texas is full of cowards, but he's not one. He sees a Mexican family coming across the border and kicks the dad, I guess, and screams at him 
that if you try it again, he'll be waiting there on that side of the border, which he wasn't because he went to SmackDown. This gets boos from the crowd, and Kurt Angle decides, what a great display of patriotism. You, sir, you, JBL, are the winner of the Great American Trophy. You will now receive it. The trophy was, of course, covered up, draped over with a, a black sheet. They go to unveil it. Turns out it's gone. It's been replaced with garbage and a picture of Eddie Guerrero. Eddie comes out in a lowrider with the trophy as a hood ornament, the actual trophy. He brings it into the ring, breaks a wing off the eagle, which upsets JBL, Kurt Angle, and whoever made the trophy, I'm sure. Then Eddie hits JBL in the gut with the trophy, clears the ring, Eddie then grabs the chair and wants to smash the trophy, and he does. So we have our match set up for Judgment Day between Eddie Guerrero and JBL. So to recap this episode of SmackDown, um, a really, really terrible show, sandwiched between the only two segments that you needed to see to know what was going on. Basically, the Real American Award, uh, the JBL promo at the beginning, the, the car waxing, and then at the end of the night when he is kicking immigrants back across the border. The rest was all pretty much garbage. And their next pay-per-view judgment day wasn't until May, so they had over a month to get to their pay-per-view, which would turn out to be a very memorable main event between JBL and Eddie Guerrero, where it just turned into a bloodbath, just an absolute gusher from Eddie Guerrero. Also along the way, they had an angle where Eddie Guerrero's mom had a heart attack. Uh, this is all also following that 2004 draft where Triple H was supposed to go to SmackDown, said, eh, no, nah, I don't think so. So, yeah, JBL, that's one reason he became the top heel. Also, that's what brought, essentially, they traded on Raw. They traded Booker T and the Dudley Boys for Triple H. So that's how all this shook out after the draft. That was also what caused... Paul Heyman to quit as GM. He was still backstage and stuff, but on screen, his character was written off. We've already reviewed the 2004 draft, if you want to go back and listen to that episode, but the rest of this was just pretty much awful. But even the main angle was pretty awful, too, as I mentioned before, because it's just, it's not something I, I think that the WWE, I don't think any entertainment company really needs to wade into. If you're doing some sort of drama... Maybe you can get into politics and real-world events. But as far as wrestling, isn't wrestling supposed to be an escape, right? It's supposed to be escapism. I know that wrestling's built on stereotypes. It has been for a long time. That doesn't always mean that's it has to be forever. You can, you can make other ways of making people to be bad. And JBL, as I mentioned before, there's a million other routes you can go besides him kicking... Uh, families across the border, even though I know it was, you know, it's just some, they're in some grassy area outside the arena and he's just kicking some extra that they hired or whatever, but it's still, I don't know if that's really the message you want to promote. And uh, anyway, I just thought it was kind of a tasteless angle. It's one of those crazy things that they did. That goes unmentioned, also undocumented, no pun intended, on the WWE Network because when the when you go to all the bookmarks, and I've been watching a lot of Nitro from 99, they have bookmarks of 10 seconds of someone waiting in the hallway to talk to Vince Russo. 
But for whatever reason, this is not bookmarked. Now, the actual award ceremony is bookmarked, but when JBL plays his clip of what he did at the border, not bookmarked. And this is a company that for years has been trying to find their next Hispanic star. They tried with Alberto Del Rio, didn't work out. They brought Mysterio back. They haven't really utilized him well. The people that they have on staff, Andrade's got some potential. This is a market they desperately want to reach, but yet they do shit like this. And then they've done shit like this. They've had the Mexicals on on lawnmowers, Gulf of Mexico matches, other very bad things that they've done. Not just to Hispanics, to every... I mean, it's not... That's the one thing I will say about them as far as... uh, their discrimination in their angles. They they go across the board. Japanese, Islander, uh, blacks, everybody pretty much gets dealt a bad hand. But And this was, of course, 16 years ago. But as far as what JBL was doing, we're still, and we're still in the real world dealing with this issue. So it's not, it's not that outdated. It's not something I can look at in 2020 and say, that's crazy. That's so inappropriate because I I do believe that I think it is inappropriate, but it's still an issue that's ongoing out in the in public discourse. So we really haven't come that far in 16 years. I'm sorry to say, and so just that's why I wanted to review this episode. Next week we'll be back. A regular episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast, as regular as we can make it, and hopefully that episode will be out on. Schedule. I don't know. I'm not very good with schedules. Things are crazy. I hope you and your family are doing well. Follow us at RetroWrestlingPodcast.com. Rate, subscribe, tell all your friends. Go to Powerslam.tv, use the promo code RetroWrestling, and get a month for free. And that'll do it for this Retro Wrestling Podcast Extra. I'm Intern Alex saying, bingo, bingo.